Restoration Church, we focus on reaching the lost, reviving their lives with the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, and restoring hearts, minds, and relationships through the power of the gospel. We are a church equipping and empowering the body of Christ to reach their full potential in Christ. We are led by lead pastor Rex and Jennifer Hare. We hope you are encouraged by this morning's message. working, continuing on a three-part series on prayer uh, uh, this week. We're going to be finishing, uh, working on message two and the power of prayer. The name of this series is the power of prayer. How many of us know that prayer is our key to God? Come on. Yeah. Prayer is a way of communicating what we feel. How many of us ever prayed some things and you wish you had to send them to God after you step? Come on. Yeah. Maybe God's not big enough to handle that I'm mad today, that I'm angry about something, or maybe I'm hurting about something, or maybe all I can do is, is cry now. I can't put it into words. But you know, the Bible talks about in Hebrews that he invites us boldly to come to the throne room of grace. Yeah. That he don't, there's not one thing that you can say or you can do that's going to scare God. Yeah. Amen. There's not one thing that I can say. There's not one thing that I can do that God don't know about. Because we know that God is in all places at all times. He's an all-knowing, all-seeing God. He knows everything. He's seen you in the shower, so relax. Yeah, right. I was supposed to laugh at that. That was a great punchline, by the way. He's seen you uh, in your worst of times. He's seen you in traffic when you're in road rage. Come on. All the church said Amen. He's seen you on your best day. He's seen you on your worst day. Yeah. But he is a God that invites us boldly to come into the throne of grace. I want to talk to you a little bit today about the power of prayer. I want to talk to you about what happens when we go to God in prayer. We talked about it last week. We talked about in, in, in Luke last week that God invited us to come boldly. And, and he tells us in Luke chapter 11 to be persistent and to keep asking and seeking and knocking, doesn't he? Yeah. He says, if you don't get an answer, you just need to keep on. How many knows that's the most annoying sound in the world when you're on my shift? Come on. Somebody knocking on your door. UPS, I told this story last week. He used to knock me out of the bed when I was on my shift. But he wanted to know that UPS was bringing my package. But how many of us know that when we don't get an answer from God, a lot of times we stop praying? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Anybody ever been guilty of that besides me? We stop praying. We don't we don't pray or we don't pray with the fervency, uh, Sister Marion, that we did before because maybe our faith has been, been taken a hit or, or been hit from the side. Unknowingly, we begin to doubt God. The Bible, Jesus talked about at length about doubt and what doubt does. What does doubt do? How many know the little kid like uh, Eric and Jessica have two small boys? And I know James is getting about to get grown. At least he acts like it anyway. But how do you know if you tell James something, you're going to do something when you get in from work, you better be ready to do it. Don't matter what kind of day you've had. Don't matter what's going on at home when you get home. If there's a water leak or the washing machine, come on. Anybody ever had these days? Things are not going right. The car won't start. Those kids expect you to do what you said you're going to do. How about how about if the church started taking God at His word and trusting that God's word will do what it said it will do? And you say, "Well, Pastor Rex, how do I do that? How do I open God's?" multitude of blessings and life 
and, and, and the Spirit of God opened to me. How do I tap into that? The first thing that we have to do is be in the thing called the will of God. Yeah. And I know you say, well, Pastor Rich, why are you going to talk about the will of God? The will of God is not easy to find. I beg to differ. The will of God is easy to find if you're willing to lose yourself for Christ. Yeah. The will of God is not easy to find, Jerry, if we're not willing to lose what we want and give God what he wants. Right. See, in fasting and prayer, I heard Jensen Franklin say this. How many know Jensen Franklin? He's one of my favorite preachers. And he says this all the time. Fasting is not getting more of God. Fasting is giving God more of you. Yeah. Fasting is not meant for me to get more of God, uh, me to, to, to get more of God. It's meant for God to be able to have that inner place with me and that consistent place of intimacy with me. Yeah. But prayer in the in the book of Acts, let's go to what the, the Holy Spirit falling on the church. And I know the Holy Spirit has become a word that a lot of people don't think it's it's real. They don't think the gifts of the Spirit are, are still working in the church. They don't think that people are healed, that demons are cast out, that people have the gift of prophecy and they dream dreams and see visions. They don't think they speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. People don't minimize that. But can I tell you, it's in the book. It still happens. Amen? Yeah. And you say, well, Pastor Rex, I I don't know about all that. Let's read this scripture right here in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jer Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now let's stop right there a minute. What was the Holy Spirit given for initially? Can anybody tell me? But you will receive power. Jesus told his disciples, I'm going to leave right here on Miss Mary Ann. That's the reason I'm going to walk over here and, and, and Miss Mary Ann's paying attention this morning. You but you will receive power. It will be a help. He will be your helper. He will be your comforter. Now, Jesus is not here on earth today. Yeah. Jesus is at the right hand of the Lord. You know what scripture tells us? Right. But his Holy Spirit, who is his representative, is here today walking in the midst of the room. Come on. Right. You know, I know he's here because I brought him with me. Yeah. It's not just those holy goosebumps we put on our arms. It's the presence of God walking in the room. You say, well, how, Pastor, how can you prove to me that when we show up as a church, the Bible says, where any two or three agree together touching any one thing, he will do it. Yeah. In agreement, they have to be words spoken or some type of communication happening. Right. So in Acts chapter 1, he says, you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. They didn't have to beg the Holy Spirit to come. They had to do something, David, that God required of them, which void was called obedience. If they had not stayed in the room and been in one mind and one accord, not arguing, focusing on God, the Holy Spirit would have never failed that. Mm. Because you had to do something called obedience. Obedience, Eric, is not easy. You ever try, try to teach a puppy not to pee on the carpet? Yeah. Come on. Anybody ever taught a dog to try to fetch yeah. or to sit or to come or to stay? We got one at home. You just might as well forget about it. I took him to the vet the other day. He never sit one time. He just thought it was a trip out. He was ready to go to Walmart or something. He's just hanging out. I took him to get him checked on. Him. He just, man, he just loved it. You know, the vet and his little helper coming in to check on him and he had some type of skin irritation going on and, and I'm sitting there worried about it and he's laying there belly up with his feet up and somebody rubbed his belly. 
It's just a big game to him, you know, and I'm worried about the dog, you know. Anyway, he's just, and at the end, he got ready. He finally sat down, and he got ready. We got ready to leave after the doctor checked him. He gave his medicine and all that. He got ready to leave, and all of a sudden, we got ready to leave, and all of a sudden, the, the little uh, uh, bed assistant was there. He just turns over and lays Bailey up. I guess he's got a, she's got a bidding goodbye by Bailey Rowe. Now, I do blame that all on Colin, because Colin's done that to him since he was a little puppy. When we got him from the from the from the uh, shelter, but can I tell you today, all of us like for God to notice us. Come on, yeah. So the Holy Spirit shows up in a room because they're doing something called being obedient. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit was given to the church in Acts chapter one when He said the Holy Spirit will come in Acts chapter two when actually the Holy Spirit failed. The Holy Spirit was given to do what? To give them the boldness and the power to be witnesses. Yeah. See, what we need more of in the church is not to have a people running around the church. And I believe in that. And I believe in the works of the Holy Spirit and the manifestation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But what we need is some power to tell somebody about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit is not to... To, we're not minimizing the gifts and the works and the divers gifts of the Holy Spirit but what we are saying is our first call from the Holy Spirit is to be witnesses even until the ends of the earth Right. you say well Pastor Rex I have a hard time witnessing get more of the Holy Spirit in your life got quiet real quick one little mm, and amen see I need the Holy Spirit I need the leading of the Holy Spirit, David. I need him to help me say things, not say things I don't need to say. Yeah. Yeah. I need him to give me direction when I'm needing direction. He said, you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jer Jerusalem, through Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Where the ends of the earth, the earth was then, as far as they knew it, Jesus was sending them there right. through the power of of the Holy Spirit. And you say, well, Pastor Rex, what, how does that affect me as a follower of Jesus? It is not an option. Everybody that knows Jesus is called to be an evangelist. Right. Amen? Yeah. Everybody under the sound of my voice, you may not stand in a pulpit, you may not have a theological degree, you may not have any papers, but you who know Jesus and me who know Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior is called to be an evangelist. Right. Amen. Apostle Paul said, do the work of an evangelist. Yeah. Peter talked about it. These were just ordinary men for a lot of people, right? Right. Not many of Jesus' disciples were even educated, were they? Right. How many of Jesus' disciples were educated? Somebody come on, we're going to see if y'all been doing your Bible study. Come on. Somebody tell me of some of, a couple of Jesus' disciples that were educated. Luke. Matthew. Matthew. Luke. No, Luke was a physician. He was a doctor. Luke. Uh, Matthew was. That was some of these guys that were educated and not being them. Yeah. So did that disqualify Peter, who was just an old rough fisherman? No. There was no disqualification, boy, to Peter, because after the Holy Spirit fell upon him, he would preach and people would be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit without a laying on of hands. He just preached and the Holy Spirit fell. Can I tell you, 
the Holy Spirit is wanting to do something to his church in these last days where there's such a power resting on his people that we speak the words of Jesus and people are filled, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on. That's correct. Does that still happen? Yes. That's the promise of Zechariah. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. We need to understand who the Holy Spirit is. So what does that have to do with prayer? Right. How many just know that you cannot pray without the help of the Holy Spirit? Right. Amen. Try it. Yeah. Try those now I lay me down to sleep prayers when your world's falling apart without the help of the Holy Spirit. Right. That's the reason I need to invite the Holy Spirit into my prayer time. Yeah. I need to create an atmosphere yeah. where the Holy Spirit wants to be. Yeah. That's the reason we put worship music on. That's the reason we sing these songs. Ooh, lay your burdens down. Ooh, in the Father's house. Yeah. We're reminding each other that we're in a place where we can receive help. Yeah. Colossians says, confess your faults one to another. Paul wrote to the church at Colossae, confess your faults one another that you may find help, hope, and healing in your hour of need. Yeah. There's a place called the church that's unique from any other place. You can come to this church today and there's probably somebody that's been hypocritical this week. Come on, amen? You can come to this church today and there's somebody that's sinned. We all have, probably. You can come to this church today and there's somebody that's been judgmental. You can come to this church today and there's probably somebody that has a stronghold in their life. But when you come to this church today, can I tell you, Jesus will meet you here. He will not push you away. He will not cast you out. Jesus <laughs> is ready to meet you here. Now in Acts chapter excuse me, 2 verses 1 through 4 let's read this scripture together. It said when on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like that of a mighty rushing, a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of fire, or flames or tongues of fire, appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. Who gave them the ability to speak in tongues? Not a man. Right. So if somebody tells you a man can teach you how to speak in the Holy Spirit, that is heresy. Right. Oh, yeah. That is not biblical. Right. Men don't teach me to speak in tongues. The Holy Spirit gives me the language. Right. Now, the Bible talks about the laying on of hands where you receive healing and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe in that and teach that in our church. But can I tell you today, you don't need the Holy Spirit don't need no counterfeit. Yeah. If the Holy Spirit wants to move in your life and fill you, he will do it whenever he wants to do it as you relinquish your will and your life to him. Right. Amen. Right. Hallelujah. You say, well, Pastor Rex, what is the significance of that? We're in a world today that's so full of lost and hurting and broken people. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to take the good news to the ends of the earth. Right. Yeah. You know why? Because, Miss Marianne, we're so bombarded with garbage every day. Mm -hmm. Don't believe it. Turn the news on. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be ready to leave America. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them would leave America. Amen. Right. If you hate it so bad, leave it. I'm sure that some of these other communistic countries would take you in. Amen. Right. Oh, 
the church said amen. amen. But hear what I'm saying today, church. We are a, a blessed people. Come on. And there's the only way that I can tap into what the Holy Spirit, Eric, wants in my life is to know the person of the Holy Spirit. I've got to know more about him. How do I know more about him? How did David and Marie get to know each other? David, you probably said, hey, when you're saying David. Hey. Hey, that's what I thought. Thank you, David. David gets extra points today. Jennifer and I know each other. She knows what I'm thinking a lot of times before I even say it. We've been together almost 30 years. It's creepy at times in my house. I don't mean that in a demonic word. I just mean that she knows what I'm thinking. Yeah. Because we've been together. But it's also, we have spirits. The two have become one. Yeah. Something happened when we became yeah. marriage and husband and wife. The spirit too became one. That's the reason we need to keep marriage as one man and one. Come on, is he supposed to preach about that today? Yeah. We need to keep it as one man and one moment. And God put man to be the priest of the head of the household, but to love his wife as Christ loved the church and not Lord over her, but to give himself for her if it cost him that. Right. Amen. Now that's good preaching if I'm preaching it today. But here what I'm saying today, church, you can only have more of the Holy Spirit if you know who he is. Yeah. Yep. And there's no excuse. There's Bibles everywhere. Means you can download a Bible now, can't we? In about, what, less than a minute, probably? Right. How many has a Bible app on your phone? Yeah. We always have a Bible app, but I'm just saying we have all these apps. I mean, we got a Taco Bell app. I mean, I heard my wife last night go, oh, he's watching the movie. Man, you want to go get some Taco Bell, right? <laughs> You know, all these apps, we got all these apps, but what about the Holy Spirit? What about knowing the person of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. How many know the Word of God, Brother Keith, has a lot to say about the person of the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. He even said at times that when we pray, that when we can't, when we're going through things and we're so broken and we're so hurt, yeah, are we in the church? Are we hurting? Yeah. There's people in the church that come every Sunday. They've got their problems. They've got their struggles, but they keep coming. If you're struggling, if you're addicted, if you're hurt, keep coming, church. He's going to help you. Don't make yourself an island. I see people walking away from the church. It's okay if I just preach a little bit right here. They walk away and they separate themselves from the church. And they need help, but they can't get it because they disconnected themselves. Right. Hear what I'm saying today, church. This church loves you. It wants to help you, but you got to know your people. Right. You got to know. You got to love on each other. You got to care for each other. You know, you got to you got to help people that can't help themselves. Right. Well, I wouldn't do that for that person. They, they got themselves in that place. You don't know. Yeah. You're being judgmental. Oh, I know if the Holy Spirit tells me to do something, I'm going to go do it. Yeah. I don't need to ask anybody else. I need to ask the Holy Spirit, the heart of the Holy Spirit, what do we need to do here? You say, do you talk to the Holy Spirit about that? Yeah, he invited me to come boldly to the throne of grace. Right. Yeah. He invited me to come in and, and talk to him like that because he's not a God that I can scare him or, or run him off, you know. Right. He, he loves me intimately. He wants a relationship with me. And he said, the, the, the apostle wrote in the last days, he said, people are going to be the lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. There's a great falling away coming. People will give up their faith before things. Yeah. And you say, well, Pastor Rex, what do we do? We, Paul said, also said, Brother Keith, that we are married to the ministry of reconciliation. We are here to reconcile hurting and backslid people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's no exception. Right. If a person falls away from the faith or quits.
it's coming or does whatever. You know what I'm here to do? Steal up, people. Right. They slap your face. You're not, not. You might not put yourself in a position to get slapped again. Amen. But you're going to still love people. Yeah. I'm not saying let people manipulate you and use you, but what I am saying, Jesus said, they will know you're the spy disciples by your love for one another. Right. They won't know you're my disciples because you're judgmental. The word of God judges us all. Right. It tells us the truth. Yeah. So they were there and they were given power to finish the Great Commission. Mm -hmm. This was the birthplace of the church, Dawson. Yeah. This is where the church was set on fire to finish the Great Commission, to start it and to finish it. Yeah. The reason that we struggle a lot of times is because we're trying to get a program to get people fixed when we need the power to get people fixed. Yeah. I don't know about you, but when the Holy Spirit convicted me and drew me to that altar, there was something there that I knew I didn't have to have somebody come over there and pray for me. I just wanted Jesus to forgive me. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that the Holy Spirit was dealing with me intimately. Yeah. So there was power there. You know, Peter's there. You might remember old Peter, he's the vulgar mouth fisherman that likes to tell people, you know, I don't know who Jesus is. Mm. You know, Peter's there and he's in the upper room and the Holy Spirit falls and they begin to all speak in tongues. And other people from other countries that were there, Brother Keith began to hear people speaking in their own language. How can this be that these people are all from Judea? How can they be speaking my language? Right. The Holy Spirit. Amen. Because he was setting the church on fire. He was putting the church in, 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 in orbit or putting the church, starting or launching the church. So Peter's there and people say, well, these people are all crazy. They're speaking in unknown tongues. Nobody knows what they are. He said, they're all crazy. Then all of a sudden, this guy called Peter him. Stands up and says, nah, it's not them. It's just nine o'clock in the morning. They're not drunk. Mm -hmm. But they're full of the promise of the Holy Spirit that Zachariah promised. Yeah. They're full of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And what happened? The people that walked in that room hurting and broken, broken and, and not having any sense of direction left that room and began to turn that world, their world upside down for Jesus Christ. They would, many of them, give their lives for the cause of Jesus Christ because something called the Holy Spirit touched them. Right. The same power that brought Jesus from the dead was in that room. Right. The same power that brought Lazarus from the dead. Now you tell me how a vulgar mouth fisherman named Peter, Miss Marianne, can be so full of the power of the Holy Spirit that him and John walked by a man and their shadow healed him. Right. You said, well, Pastor Rex, I don't know about all that. There's people getting healed every day, but the news is not going to tell you about it. Right. There's people getting healed of cancer and heart disease. There's people getting free from drug addiction and porn addiction and all these addictions and strongholds in their lives every day. But this world's not going to tell you about it. But you got to channel your mind in the right direction. you got to go to the throne room. you got to visit the place. How many of you know that if I get in my truck out here, it's getting about 16 and a half miles to the gallon. Boy, if I just keep driving, I think it's got like 140 miles before I need to get gas, is what it said this morning. But if I keep driving that car, Miss Mary, and up 2059, and I just keep going and keep going, you know what it's going to do if I don't stop at a gas pump eventually? So why do we think as Christians that we don't need to get refilled and we don't need to reconnect with the Holy Spirit? That's right. yeah. You're going to run out. Yeah. 
Yeah. Matter of fact, in the book of Acts, if you go back and read, many times over, the Holy Spirit would fall on them again. Amen. The Holy Spirit would fall on them again. Now let's go to Acts chapter 4, verse 31. After this praying, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. Now what happens? The Holy Spirit falls on them. And what happens? Somebody help me here. After this, after this prayer, after this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they preached the word of God with boldness. You show me a Christian that's bold, I'll show you a Christian that's full of the Holy Spirit. Let me say this. You show me a Christian that's full of godly boldness, I will show you a Christian full of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I went to Tuscaloosa the other morning for five points. And there's a gentleman that stands out there at Bojangles every day. Yeah. With this sign that says Jesus saves. What's his name again? Somebody have to read. Mr. Bonner. Mr. Bonner. Been doing that for a lot of years now. Yeah. He is doing the work of an evangelist. He don't have a microphone. He don't have a church. He don't have a pulpit. He has a heart sold out for Jesus and wants to see lost people built. Yeah. So don't tell me that I got to have a church and I got to have this. No, what I've got to have is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. What I've got to have is a knowledge of the word. What I've got to have is a commitment to Jesus Christ to serve him wholeheartedly. Yeah. See, the, the power of the Holy Spirit is not waning in the church. The commitment of the believer is waning in the church. Yeah. People are starting to quit because they got so many other things, Miss Marianne, that they'd rather do than be here. But let me tell you something. I'd rather be here with finding out that I got something that I can, that I can, a disease or something going on or a broken relationship in a home. I'd rather be in a church family than out there fighting it by myself. Yeah. That's the reason the Bible says, as the last days appear, do not forsake that. As you see the last days are coming, do not forsake the assembling of yourself together, even more so as you see the end coming. Yeah. Yeah. You say, well, Pastor Rex, is this, is this a time to quit and give up? No, church. The coming of the Lord is at the door. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know about that. Look around you. Look around you, not just in a church, but look around. And I'm not being critical of people that struggle. What I'm trying to say is there is a way that God wants us to do it, and he will honor what his word said he will do. Amen. He is a God that cannot lie. We can't do it our way. We must do it Jesus' way. Amen. And if we don't love people unconditionally, we don't look like Jesus because Jesus loves people unconditionally. If I don't, I'm not broken when I see somebody messed up, Miss Marianne, I need to check myself. Every time I see somebody that's messed up or maybe strung out or an alcoholic or going through a broken relationship or whatever they're going through, I need to be praying for them. Yeah. And not only do I need to be praying for them, but I need to be praying to the Holy Spirit that he, if it be his will, that I be that tool to help them. Yeah. And you say, well, Pastor Rex, how do I do that? Simply, you, me, have a conversation with Almighty God through the power of the Holy Spirit through this thing called prayer. The Apostle Paul, how many of you know that Apostle Paul had a problem with covenants? Come help some of y'all here. Y'all just stay with me. Every, just about every epistle that Paul would close, he would say these words, would you pray for me? That 
we, that God would open the opportunities and open doors and that we could speak the gospel of Jesus Christ with boldness. Isn't that what he said? Yeah. Pray that, and he had friends, Brother Keith, he was on house arrest and thrown in prison and all these things and he had people that he had uh, been, been raised in the faith with and converted with and seen miracles happen with. But you know what Paul longed to see? He longed to see Jesus. Yeah. But he longed that the church pray for him. Now I want you to go with me just a moment right here. What if things don't happen the way God wants them to happen because the church is not praying the way God wants them to pray? Hmm. Here you go. Here you go, Pastor Ed. Hmm. Talking about this thing called that God can't do something. There are certain things that God won't do unless the church is praying. Hmm. Yeah. Amen. There are certain things that God will do when the church asks him for it. Amen. Amen. There are certain things that God will do. Paul said, pray for me that the door will be open. Pray that I'll be able to see my friends again. Pray that I, when I get the opportunity, that God not only open the door, but God will help me speak it with boldness. Amen. Apostle Paul longed for that. Not a bad part of being of coveting, but longing for the support of the church to pray for them. Romans 15, verses 30 through 32. Apostle Paul said, Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is Paul's heart right here. To join me in my struggle in praying for me, praying to God for me. Do this because of your love for me given to you by whom? I mean, it's enough that the Holy Spirit will cause you to love people that you don't like. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Jude. The Holy Spirit will cause you to love people you don't like. Yeah. Can I tell you, a lot of people think, well, I don't go to that church anymore because that's a bunch of hypocrites and they don't live right. Well, you go to the gym with people that's out of shape. Yeah. <laughs> we go to work with people every day we don't like. Come on, people. Yeah. We're looking for an excuse. Yeah. But what Paul was saying, that the Holy Spirit will cause you to love people and forgive people. And I'm going to touch on something right here for a moment. God will not forgive you in prayer if you're holding unforgiveness in your heart towards somebody else. Yeah. Amen. Not because I said so, but because the word says, if you don't forgive, it will not be forgiven you. So does that limit the work of God? If the work of God's coming through me, it does. Yeah. That limits us. So it's been said before that holding unforgiveness in your heart is allowing other people to live in your mind rent free. Right. You know what has to happen? I've been there. Anybody ever been there? You want to forgive, but your spirit has been hurt and your heart has been hurt so bad. You have to commit that to the Holy Spirit. Remember the man that come to Jesus and he said, you can heal my child. Remember this? He said, I believe, but I want you to help my wife. Unbelievable. There's times when we're asking God to do something that maybe our faith is weak. Why don't we ask God, okay, I believe, but I want you to help my unbelief. You know what you're allowing the word of God to do? You're agreeing with the word of God, number one. And number two, you're allowing the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Amen? And when I agree with the word of God, Stanley, 
The Holy Spirit is, all, is, is, is doing something in me. Because a lot of times, God's not needing to change that person that hurt me. And that doesn't make them right and hurt you. It doesn't. I'd have never condone somebody doing somebody else wrong. But what it does is it gives you freedom to move on and get the victory and live your life in joy by letting it go. Yeah. Yeah. And we can't do it without the Holy Spirit. Here's this thing called the Holy Spirit again. Pastor Rex is just really going to walk on that. Oh, yeah. You can't do it without the help of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Amen. Mm -hmm. What did Jesus say? Say on the cross when he's about to give up the ghost. The last words that Jesus said is, Into your hands, Lord, I commit my spirit. Because Jesus was not only a man, but he was a he was relinquishing his spirit man to the man, to the person of God. Yeah. Remember, he that knew no sin had become sin for us. He had become sinful on the cross for us. So his spirit was reconnecting with who? Yeah. The spirit of God. Yeah. The presence of God. This just jumped off the page at me the other day when I was reading it. Something as mundane as into your hands I commit my spirit was Jesus reconnecting himself with God. Yeah. Remember, because God is so holy, he can't look on sin. Amen. But through Jesus Christ, Jesus makes us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Right. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11. For some members of Chloe's household have told me about Paul, my dear friends, brothers and sisters. How many know they're going to happen? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have arguments with our families. We have arguments with our co-workers. We have arguments with people on Facebook we don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Help us, Jesus. Yeah. We argue about who's the best football team. We already know that. It's in Tuscaloosa. We already know that. We don't have to prove that. We argue about mundane things and godless chatters with the word call. It's going to happen. There's going to be friction wherever because there's people here. There's people in your family. There's going to be friction. There. There's also victory in Christ Jesus. He has made me the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That don't mean that everything I do is perfect and everything I say is going to be uh, uh, all rosy and, and it's going to be all butterflies and all those things happen. It's not always going to be that way. You're not going to get up every morning. Y'all heard me say this before. You're not going to get up this every morning 10 foot tall and bulletproof and ready to charge hell with a water pistol. You're not. But can I tell you this? The truth of the matter is the Bible tells us that Jesus said himself, he will never leave us nor forsake us. He will go with us always. There's been some times in my life I remember when I was standing there in the living room watching my mama take her last few breaths. I couldn't even hardly breathe, Miss Marianne. The pain that I felt, yet the joy that I felt, I couldn't even breathe. But I, you know what I felt? I felt Jesus saying, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Yeah. I didn't have to have nobody to prove to me that Jesus was real and that he was interceding for me and that the Holy Spirit was in that room. I could feel the Holy Spirit in that room. Yeah. And I'm telling you today, church, we quit, need to quit minimizing the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. We need to quit, quit, quit minimizing worship. 
to a 25 minute session on Sunday morning when worship is what we do every day. Right. And when we do that, we start walking in the fullness of the joy of the Lord every day. Yeah. I'm closing with this. James chapter 5 verse 14 through 18. James chapter 5. She said, what, what do we do, Pastor Rex? Well, we need somebody to pray for me. I'm glad you asked. What, what do we do? James chapter 5 verse 14 says, are you any of you sick? We should call upon the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have been, if you have committed sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was a human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then, when he prayed again, remember we talked about that last week, the sky sent down the rain and the earth began to yield its crops. What is James here? James didn't originally believe that Jesus was the Messiah, yet he was Jesus' half-brother. James is telling people how to find healing. You want to know how to get healing? Too many times we come in this church carrying stuff and struggling with stuff and we don't call upon the elders of the church. We come in and hear an inspirational message and we get challenged, but we don't do what the Word of God says to do. Yeah. If I want to get healed, I need to do what the Word of God says to do. I wouldn't know simple, stupid type people. If the Word of God says do it, we need to be doing it. Come on now. Yeah. Miss Marianne, tell me what happened last week when we prayed for you. You shared this with me. Yeah. Is it okay to share this? Yeah. I just want to use this as an illustration. says do. Yeah. Call upon the elders of the church and let them lay hands on you anointing with you with oil. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people struggle with this but I, I'm gonna, we're going to back up. Can we back up this verse 16 for just a minute? How many of you know that when people lay hands on you the Lord can heal your can forgive your sins there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh come on man. Confess your sins one to another and pray for each other that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power and wonderful, produces wonderful results. Mm-hmm. Go one, one more verse. Go back uh, 15, I think. Maybe, Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed sins, you will be forgiven. Yeah. I mean, it's know that God don't need me to pray a prayer to forgive my sin. Come, hey? Right. And now what he say? That when I get under the the direction of the Holy Spirit, God can not only heal me, but if there's any sin in my life, I confess my sins one to another. What happens when we confess our sins one another? You get it out in the open that there's nothing covered that the Holy Spirit is not going to reveal. Come on, church. Help me right here. Right. 
But when we do what the Word of God says, we are guaranteed to get what we need from God because we're doing what the Word of God says. Do we agree with it? And God is a God that cannot lie. He will honor His Word. Right. And I know I've said a lot right there. All that that breath could say. Yeah. Now I'm going to start taking Him as His Word. Yeah. <clears throat> the Lord has held me seriously, severely about some things the last couple of weeks. We need to pray more. Yeah. We're going to start praying tomorrow night. And we're going to pray for two weeks and we're going to do some fasting. We're not going to tell you how to fast. We're not going to tell you how to pray. The Holy Spirit can lead you that way. But what we're going to do is Monday, through Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, we'll open the church up. <coughs> On Monday, what do we say? Monday through Thursday. Monday through Friday, we're going to open the church up and we're going to pray. Yeah. 6.30, 7.30, we're going to pray. We're going to ask God to do some things around here. Mm -hmm. How many of us are tired of this, just the, the usual, the casual? Yeah. Now, Acts tells me that when his church agrees together and goes to a place of prayer and obedience to his word, the Holy Spirit gets poured out. Mm -hmm. yeah. Holy Spirit is not given to make you run and dance. And it, you, you, I'm not saying you won't do it. Let me say that. Hear what I'm saying? Somebody's going to say, Pastor Rick said, the Holy Spirit is not going to make people run. I'm not saying that, but the Holy Spirit was given to bring revival Amen. and to finish the Great Commission. Yeah. Now, some people act different than other people when the Holy Spirit, but you know what I need to do? I need to honor that person. Mm. And I need to keep worshiping God. Yeah, right. So, James is saying here prayer, offering, and faith. You have a sick, and the Lord will make you well. Then he says, confess your sins one another and pray for each other that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. There's something about that prayer that has to be what? Earnest. Yeah. Anybody ever bought a house? Ever bought a car? <laughs> They'll say, how much are you paying down on your house? The loan for your house is $200,000. $150,000. How much you want to pay earnest money? What does earnest money mean, Eric? To let, to let them know that you're serious and you're committed to buy that car, house, whatever, right? Yeah. What about when we start getting earnest with God in prayer? Yeah, right. What about when we say, I'm not going to quit praying until I hear from you, God? What about I'm going to be committed to God, to my family, to my church, to my, to my relationships. What, what about when we get committed? What does God do? He will bless his people. Yeah. And Miss Marianne, there's no doubt in my mind the reason the Lord healed you and touched your body because we did it by what the Word said. Yeah. And two or three agreed together by what the Word said. It didn't mean that somebody was more spiritual than the other. We agreed as Christians, as followers, full of the Holy Spirit what, with what the Word said. Now, I'm talking to somebody today. We need to start agreeing with what the Word of God says. Not thus saith what Rick's hair said, but thus saith what the Word of God says. Yeah. And when we start walking in that, and we can't know here what the Word of God saying if we're not reading this. Amen. Anybody ever guilty of that? I'm just going to read a little while. And then you get in there and get to read your Bible. The next thing you know, you wake up an hour later and we're crying and sleeping, drooling. Yeah. 
or I'm gonna watch one more episode of this. Come on. Anybody ever been there besides me? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna read two more pages or one more chapter in this book. Come on. Talk to some people. Mm -hmm. But prayer is still the heartbeat of the church. The reason the church was skyrocketed and launched is because those people, how many know there were, how many people in that room when the Holy Spirit failed? Scripture says how many? How many did they start with? 1,200 to 120. Not everybody going to hang out. Not everybody's going to stay. You know what I learned a long time ago as a pastor? Miss Andy, you know what I learned a long time ago? That everybody we loved on, everybody we tried to help didn't stay. Right. And I can tell you, every person that didn't, and I can tell you the people that on their way back. Because we're married to the ministry of reconciliation. If they walk through that door today, I'm going to love them like I loved them before they left. Yeah. Because that's what God calls me to do. Is it going to be easy at times? No. It's not easy at times. But that's what God calls me to do. But it hurt me every time, Harry. You know what a preacher does? He blames him. I didn't preach good enough. I didn't lead good enough. I didn't do it. Come on, brother. Keep on being real. But the Bible says it like this. And Boyd reminded me this several months ago. Really helped me in a difficult time. Boyd says... We can't make the church grow, Pastor. One man plants, one man waters, but God has to give the increase. And I said all that to say this. There may be some places in your life that you have planted the seed and you have watered, and but you're not seeing no increase. You keep putting the water on it. You keep praying. You may not have seen an answer yet, but you keep Remember in Luke, he said, if you'll just keep knocking, you'll keep seeking, the door's going to be open. I mean, it's done a lot of times, it's not the answer we want. That hurts at times, don't it? It's kind of a downer at times. But isn't it okay when you know it's an answer from God? It should be okay if we know that's what God wanted from me. It should be okay. When I hurt, when other people's hurt, it's because I love them. He said, the Holy Spirit. You know what Paul said? The Holy Spirit caused you to love me. You know what he said? The Holy Spirit caused you to love me. So when that unforgiveness is trying to rear its head again, remember what that did to you? Look, I'm a firm believer of this too. Don't give a person another opportunity to hurt you. Amen? You gotta, you gotta follow this. This, the, the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't let people wipe their feet on you continuously. You gotta learn. That's called discernment of the Holy Spirit to give you discernment. But what I am saying is that when I meet people in love, you know, we, we in society today, we we come to this place in our society, not necessarily in the church, but in society, that we can't disagree with people anymore. We get offended because we disagree with people anymore. Yeah, that, we, we can. well, you don't agree with me about my stance for blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know? I have a lot of people, Brother Keith, they ask me all the time, what does your church believe? There's pamphlets right out here that tells you what we believe. Right. That's right. 
If you're battling depression and you're battling addiction, if you want to know what we think about same-sex marriage, if you want to know what we what we believe and teach about this, you want to know what we teach about alcohol, you can read those pamphlets and it'll tell you, or you can ask me and we'll have lunch and talk about it. But I will not quit preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I will not back up. I will not lay down. I will not quit. But I also will let people know that I'm his disciple by my love for them. Yeah. And for one another. So what do we need to do as a church? The person of the Holy Spirit. He is a he. He is male and gender. He is the power to the church today. All the church said amen. 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 But there's one that sits at the right hand of the Father. Scripture backs me up on this. He's making intercession for us right now. For what you're going through today, Jesus is talking to the Father about what you're going through. He's not just sitting up there riding around with his little clouds, Marianne. He's preparing a mansion for his people. You know what the scripture tells? And that he's coming back with for a church without spot or wrinkle. And the Bible says that the trump of God shall sound. On this day. You know, Jesus don't even know that day. The Father's going to tell him one day, hey, this is what I want you to do. And you say, well, Pastor Rich, what does that mean to me? Church, we need to be reaching everybody we can reach. Yeah. And either we need to quit holding grudges and blaming people and love people and tell people about Jesus. Share one more thing. I'm done. We're going to pray our way out of here. We're going to move on with the Holy Spirit one way or the other. We're going to follow the lit direction of the Holy Spirit. Went to get dinner the other night. I told Jennifer she didn't really want to cook. I didn't want her to have to cook. I said, you order some dinner from somewhere, I'll go get it. She ordered some dinner from a very popular restaurant around here. I drove up to Bessemer to get it. Waited for 45 minutes. Checked in, all that. Never got my food. So I walk in the restaurant to see what's going on because I knew she had already paid for our food online. I said, I, I don't even know. Remember the manager says, I don't even know where your order is. Ooh. Then the other manager, assistant manager comes out and says, we don't even have salads. We have both ordered salads. Something inside of me said, tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. And then the Holy Spirit said, be quiet. <laughs> so I walked back. He said, you go back to your truck and I'll find out what's going on. If nothing else, we'll get you a meal. I'm going to help you. I'm going to do it. We're going to make good out. We're going to make this work, he said. So I go back out. 20 minutes later, I ain't heard nobody. I'm back in. And I walk up in, in this restaurant. And there's a lady at the checkout there. And she says, Pastor Rex. I look around and I know this lady. I'm not going to call her name. And I said, how you doing? I said, no, long night. Long night. She said, how you doing? I said, how you doing? She said, I'm not doing too good in her eyes well up in tears here. And she began to tell about losing her dad. And her family was in turmoil. And all these things are going on wrong in her life. And the Holy Spirit said, pray for her. Yeah. And there's people everywhere in this restaurant. I 
said, I'll tell you what. She said, will you pray? And then she says, many things there. And she said, will you pray for me? No, she said, will you keep me in your prayers? I said, definitely not. Can I do better than that? I'm going to pray for you now. Can I pray for you now? She said, sure. I laid my hand on the top of her shoulder. And I prayed one of those prayers with her answers. I didn't care if everybody in that restaurant saw me. I know this lady. God had put me there for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And I looked, and the little receptionist standing, when I opened my eyes, we probably prayed a minute or so there. But I opened my eyes, the little receptionist was standing over beside me with her hand like this. We were having church in a restaurant. I went to go get a meal, and Jesus sent me somewhere to minister to somebody. And if I got bitter and chewed her out about it, I'd never come on church. Because I was angry at that time. Yeah. It's nine o'clock at night. I'm ready to eat. Come on, look at me. Y'all know I like to eat. Come on, be real. But the bottom line is, is this: we miss the work of the Lord because we're in such a big hurry. When the gospel, you can take it and present it anywhere. But if we don't get ourselves in place, able to pray with a guy this morning. I didn't ask for that. God, God gave that opportunity. Right. What did it cost me? 15 or 20 minutes, right, Dad? Opportunity to play with a person. Pray with a person. You say, well, Pastor Rick, are you surprised by that? No, I've been praying for God and countless. Mm-hmm. And remember the prayer of Jabez. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that you would bless me and you would help me not to cause harm. That you would increase my territory. Mm-hmm. Amen. What if we started praying that prayer? Yeah, right. Earnestly and watch God increase our territory. <laughs> You know, because you say, well, Pastor Rex, I don't know about all this stuff about this and that and church numbers and all this. I know about this. This is one thing I do know, that he loves lost people. Yeah. And that his gospel is there to save lost people and broken people. Right. And you came in this church today, many of us are still broken. We're on a journey. We haven't arrived yet. But I can tell you this, we're going to love you. Right. Every time I hear somebody talk about Restoration Church, that's the most loving, humble people. Other people sick or going through stuff. Other people just cooking for them. They don't ask them. They just go do it. I'm glad. But you know what? Because what they're doing, they're blessing their brother and sister. Yeah. They're being the hands and feet of Christ. But it don't happen without prayer. It don't happen without submission. It don't happen without us giving what we want to God. Yeah. How many has ever had some God encounters? You know beyond a shadow of doubt. God puts you in encounter with somebody. Yeah. And they're becoming more and more frequent. Why are they becoming more and more frequent? Because the coming of the Lord is coming. Right. The rapture of the church is coming. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We honor you this day. We thank you, Lord, that you put us here for a reason and that we must continue be earnest in prayer, hopeful and joyful. Confess our sins and our faults one to another that we may find hope and healing. Lord, help us to realize that if we need something, it's in your house with you. It's with your people. In obedience to your word, Lord, we find it. And Lord, we just thank you for that today. 
I pray for those that walked in this room today, struggling and going through things that maybe they're not even talking about. I pray that you would heal them right now when you give direction in Jesus' name. I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would touch people's hearts and minds right now in Jesus' name. I pray for those that are discouraged, that are down and out, that are going through things, that are walking through uncertain times, that you would touch them and that you would heal them and that you would give them direction in Jesus' name. Pray for those that are up against things that maybe financially they can't even talk about. They don't even know which way to go. I pray that you would supernaturally make a way, God. And you would give direction. I pray for those that are struggling in relationships and families that are hurting and broken. And God, there's friction there. I pray that you would give healing. I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would give healing. I pray for those that are not able to be here today. We agree again together in prayer that you would heal them and touch them and strengthen them in Jesus' mighty name. Not that man would get glory or get any accolades from it, but that you would get all praise and honor and glory for what you've done. And I ask you to bless your people. I ask you to go before us this week. I ask you to bless us in our prayer time this week. I ask you to use us. I ask you to anoint us. I ask you to bless us in Jesus' name. I ask you, God, every prayer prayed today, that you would let it be a sweet savior, savor in your nostrils today. And you would touch your people. And you would heal your people. And we would be obedient and hearers and doers of your word. In Jesus' name, God bless your people. They're going in, they're coming out. May your presence go before them. May you keep your hand of protection and love upon them. May you heal them. May you give them the spirit of discernment. May you, God, give them direction. May you give them healing. May you anoint them. In Jesus' mighty name, we ask it. And all the church said, Amen. Thank you for tuning into this morning's message. If you were encouraged by this message and want to stay connected with the Restoration fam, check us out at restorationmacala.com. For more messages like this, you can find us on Spotify and Facebook.